0: I got
1: a radio tech.
0: Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy Yeah, copy, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, right copy that Righto, g'day everyone. Uh, welcome to a bit of a special episode we're doing in the lead up to the Oz IMM Underground Operators Conference in Brisbane. 27th to 29th of March, Brisbane this year. Now, if you'd like to secure a 100 dollars discount off your tickets. All the way up until the event, go to the registration link in the show notes, understand it, click register, and when you select your ticket, there'll come a promo code, and the promo code is L-O-M, as in life of mine, L-O-M. I've got with me today two people that have been involved in AusIMM for a long time, and they're integral in the Underground Operators Conference, Peter Hills and Chris Carr. Gents, how are we? Very good, thanks, Matt.
1: Yeah, well, thank you
0: now before we get into it we'll go into the crux of what underground operators will be all about this year and what we can expect uh can you both just give a introduce yourselves give a, who you work for brief history in the mining industry and your role in the oz imm we'll start with you chris
2: uh i've been with the oz i joined as a student member in 1984 uh, i've had various uh various roles i've been with the underground operators conference committee since uh 2009 this is my I think fifth or sixth conference that we're organising. I've had various other roles, I'm currently a board member. Uh, Peter and I have both been on the Charter Professional, both chaired the Charter Professional Scheme, and I've been on a number of other committees and over the years, I currently work for IGO. Uh, You can tell if I was a student member in 1984, I've been around a little (laughs) while. Uh, Mainly underground mining, a little bit of contracting, a little bit of open pit, but um,
0: yeah, underground is my passion. And where I've been, Privileged enough to come into these beautiful IGR offices. I said they're even, I reckon they're competing with the mid standard of offices in uh, South Perth. Very impressive. How about yourself, Peter?
1: Yeah, Matt. Um, yeah, I've uh, I've been in the uh, OSIMM one more year than Chris. I joined in uh, 1983, initially as a geologist and then uh, as a geotechnical engineer after I did some further study. Worked at mines in uh, Tasmania and Papua New Guinea, and um, over the last 10 years, I've been working as a consultant uh, for uh, Pitt and Sherry, uh, based here in uh, in Hobart. This is the seventh uh, committee of the uh, Underground Operators Conference that um, that I've been uh, involved in. I uh, I was involved for the uh, for the uh, 2008 edition, so that started around 2006 2007. And as Chris mentioned, yeah, charter professionals, but also uh, I was on the committee of the uh, Consultant Society for. Uh, Uh, a number of years and chaired that for a couple of years as well.
0: Beautiful. So it's good to say we haven't got, no Johnny-come-latelys in this interview. You've both got incredible (laughs) tenure, except myself, obviously. (laughs) Now, I thought we'd get into, before talking about what we can expect for this year's Underground Operators Conference. Can you both provide a bit of a, a history of the conference from when it started and how it's grown to be such a premier event on the AusIMM calendar? Who wants to go first? Just butt in whenever you want. Put your elbow up, lads. Oh, well, uh, the, uh, the first uh, edition was held in, um, in uh,
1: 1977 in uh, Broken Hill, and uh, we're up to number 15, I think it is.
2: Yep, 15. With
1: this uh, particular event. It's more or less been every uh, every three years, although there have been a couple of larger breaks. Started off, as I said, in Broken Hill, it's been to Kalgoorlie, Mount Isa, Queenstown, so all the uh, the mining districts, it, it doesn't do that anymore because um, rather than sort of 70 or 80 people, we're now getting uh, several hundred. A thousand. We had, huh? A thousand. Up to a thousand, yeah. yeah. We had 700 when I chaired the conference in uh, 2017 on the uh, Gold Coast, and uh, I think we uh,
2: got the thousand last time. A a very close to in Perth, it, in Perth, and uh, I, I think uh, we'll
0: be looking at something similar. I think we'll be pushing 1,500 after this podcast gets out, I reckon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we can always hope so.
0: Well, I think, you know, over, over
2: the time it, it's moved from just a, a few papers and a, a bit of a get-together to now it's a, it's a major event. Uh, people say if you only go to one thing, you go to underground ops. Uh, just looking at the way the exhibition has grown from a, a few stands around the side of where we'd have drinks and food to an all-encompassing major event in its own right. So now you'll have uh, uh, quite a number of people, as you would have experienced last time, that will, will come to the conference and not even leave the exhibition.
0: And I think, I think the best thing about it as well, it tailors to every part of the industry, whether you're a, a managing director, a, an owner, a small business owner, a large supplier to the mining industry, everyone gets something out of the conference. That's what I found. It the, the whole underground mining crowd is there from the whole industry.
1: Yes, and we we uh, we have focused. I guess for the last six or seven uh, times that we've been running, the the focus uh, has been on the value of the uh, of the technical content. The uh, uh, putting a lot of work into uh, into making that as good as it can be, and um, and I think that's what uh, has continued to sort of see the conference grow uh, and and see it uh, become the uh, the must the must go to event that uh, on the calendar that it currently is.
2: We're, we're trying to make sure the papers are pragmatic with a with a site-based author so it's something that the site-based people can relate to and get something from mm. we don't like those presentations where you get slides and slides of formulas that's that's not us it's all practical advice what worked well what we learned what the latest trends are
0: now give a bit of context of the the preparation that goes into creating this event each year when you when you first get together is there a I guess a thematic that you agree on that will be the big focus points depending on where the industry's at, what what actually goes into it?
2: I guess we start about 22 months out. Uh, oh, so a, they're actually prepped two years ahead. There, there is quite a formula. The Aussie yep. are world class at doing this. Yep. So we have a technical committee, which is us, the organising committee. We, we're responsible for getting the papers and, and doing the preparation for that. And then the uh, publications and the conference organising group in Melbourne do the rest, and they're really good at it.
1: Yeah, we we try in in terms of a theme. Sort of the 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 idea has always been to uh, remain current in our uh, in our thinking, and uh, and uh, papers that are uh, are looking at current trends are certainly what we're after. Um, you know, we've got some on electric vehicles, for instance, in this particular conference coming up. But one of the uh, one of the things that we we have done is is not try and compartmentalise it uh, too much, so that people can. Uh, talk about their innovations in underground mining, whatever it happens to be that they're doing. Um, we don't want to turn good papers away because they don't happen to fit into a particular little uh, pigeonhole. We then uh, we see what we get. Uh, we typically get 80-plus well, um, abstracts, uh, and for various reasons that will get pared down until we end up with somewhere between 35, 38, up to... Low forties uh, that actually uh,
0: make it into the uh, into the conference. Just go just go into when you say papers and and abstracts. The so. Just elaborate on the process people have to go through. So is that to be a speaker at the conference, you have to submit a paper abstract to actually be able to present? How does that all work?
1: Uh, Yes, you do. Perhaps uh, 18 months out from the actual conference, we will uh, make the first uh, call for abstracts. And there'll be about a six-month to eight-month process where people submit their abstracts and uh, we go through the abstracts, see what they're talking about, see what sort of authorship they've got, see that they're not being particularly advertorial in their approach. And uh, and then we uh, we invite uh, people to uh, prepare a paper on the basis of those uh, on those abstracts, and of course there'll be some that we reject uh, because um, they're not of the quality that we uh, that we want to see. So you only get to uh, make a presentation at the conference if you've actually written a paper,
2: which is writing papers. Writing papers is a fair effort, so we also get a bit of leakage where people commit to writing a paper and then they find that. Day jobs get in the way of things, and they don't actually get it done in time. And you know, I guess over the years we've seen a lot of really good papers that didn't actually make it into the conference. But um, it it is uh, it is quite a commitment. And uh, like all these things, I think you get more out of them than
0: what you put into them. So the people to actually get get to put a paper and speak, I think, find it really rewarding. Do a lot of people that present the papers, as you said, it can't be for advertorial like. But what are some of the what are some of the reasons they want to? Get involved. Is it is it really promoting their area of the industry? What's their incentives? I think there'll be a
2: range of incentives. You know, personally, when I was a young engineer, I used to get the old conference volumes and go and read the papers to understand what other people have done. That might not be an idea you need today, but it's amazing how you remember things in years years gone, years to come that 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 are helpful. So for me, part of it is to tell an interesting story, to tell people what we've learnt, to um, uh, I, I guess uh, one of the papers I wrote years ago, I, I said um, we started to write a paper we wish we could have read at the start of a study to tell us what we needed to know. <laughs> um, so it just it just helps you to understand or it, it helps you to explain to other people something that you've learned you think they might have found interesting.
0: Right, so if we're going to sum up as a promo for what is coming up for this year's conference, what are some of the the big things that I guess yourselves individually are looking forward to? For me, I think the trend on mine electrification, and I'm leading a panel discussion on
2: that. We've got a couple of papers on that. I think that is a bit of a sleeping giant as far as uh, people are – I don't think people have quite cottoned on to what an advantage underground electrification is going to be. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, um, I think that will be interesting, but it's not my sort of my sort of area being a geotech, so I certainly uh, – uh, am interested in the uh, in the geotech papers and what people are, are doing in that space, and uh, and shafts. I do a lot of work on shafts, so hearing what people are talking about in um, in uh, the technology for uh, for big shaft projects um, is
0: um, is always interesting. And what what's uh, what is some of the I guess some of the stuff that advances in ground support, seismicity, shafts. Like what's that sort of stuff that is coming to the for- forefront that you'll be able to hear about this year.
1: At the last conference, there was a a, a fairly dynamic paper um, by a, a company that uh, that had developed a uh, a tool for shaft sinking, vertical shaft sinking, uh, large diameter shafts, and um, that was a, a fairly top class um, paper on, on German technology. Uh, just recently, that uh, that uh, technology has been used in Australia and um, uh, on um, on a shaft at uh, Prominent Hill, and it'll be very interesting to see what. Uh, what uh that presents was only finished just a, over a couple of weeks ago that that the section they did a precinct through uh through uh surface uh, um surface cover uh to a depth of about 100 meters and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how what we saw in what was i thought one of the top papers last time um in terms of um um how it actually comes to fruition uh, first up in australia
0: about you can you s- nail down in I guess the history of the time you you have been on the AusIMM committee some of you f- can you is there some favorite presentations and papers that you have seen in your time that you can that really stick in your mind in the history
2: yeah there's a there's a couple there was one on how they developed some really big chambers at, at Freeport there's some really big holes in the ground up there mm-hmm. uh, there's been uh one's on shaft sinking south africa there was i think south deeps where they hit a lot of water that was a not only an interesting story but very well presented yeah no there've been um, there've been a few over the uh over the years um uh
1: some of the uh papers on um on uh cave monitoring have been quite interesting as well uh, a couple of couple of iterations ago on the uh, on the caving uh at your old stamping ground chris uh, at uh, in a Henry that uh, in fact alex was uh, talking about, so yeah, I certainly certainly remember
0: some of those papers. Oh, I could tell you, all the ones that I presented were really interesting. I that's really <laughs> oh, oh, we're absolutely, after. yeah. Oh, they got a five star <laughs> Google review and everything, mate. Um, do you, and do you see this? Because we're talking about electrification's one big key topic, but talking about caves and deep shafts and and that sort of things. Do you see that as the big topics coming up? With you know. Bigger, lower grade deposits coming to the forefront, so caving is going to become more. like The fact that we're going to probably need more shafts to help with this electrification transition, as we can't be hauling diesel up a diesel fleet up a decline all day. Is that is that going to be a big topic going forward in probably underground operators' conferences? Not just this year, but in the future. I think
2: there'll always been an element of that as mining practice and mining trend. But for me, the the trend that I've seen in the last couple of conferences is the the move of technology information flow, Wi-Fi underground, and all the things that that enables. And I I think that's one of the things that's going to really open up in terms of safety devices. There's a whole range of things that you'd have seen on the Jumbo, that that the way we do things now compared to what we did 10 years ago has changed a lot. And often you hear about it first at Underground Ops and go, that's a great idea, I'll try that. How about yourself, Pete?
1: Oh, undoubtedly. Um, The days of... uh of narrow vein mining are probably not behind us. Uh, People are always going to find narrow, high-grade deposits, but uh, narrow, high-grade deposits are often the the, the deposits that work well for the uh, people operating the mine, but they're not the ones that are going to get the sheer bulk of material that's going to be required to provide the resources that uh, society needs going forward. So big, large-volume deposits and making... um, deposits of lower-grade economic to extract so that where there is a vast resource of uh, low-grade material it can be uh, it can be brought to uh, to the market Um, because um, you know the 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 growth of um, uh, technology and what have you requiring the the products that we mine is is only going to uh, continue to increase um as we uh, as we move forward
0: now if for delegates that have already got tickets are registered and are going what are if you're going to put your finger on something you cannot miss at this year. This year's Underground Operators, whether it's a speaker or an event, what do you think are the, 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 the must-go-tos if you can pick one or the whole thing? Oh, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing and the social events. Yep. Uh, look,
2: th- th- another part not to, that we should emphasise is the networking. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds a bit of a wank word, but the contacts you pick up, the people you meet, the ideas and how as your career develops, the contacts you have to ask questions and the people we keep bumping into. I found when I started going to underground operators, I started to meet so many more people in the industry that I found so helpful as my career has progressed and I think that's one thing that people uh, really should should remember. It's not just you can read the papers, you can watch webinars, but to be there in person and, and and meet people and have side conversations, that's really a huge benefit.
0: Yeah, but have you found that as well, Pete. The, the, the your network just would be massive after being involved in this.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't get that in any other in any other forum. You've got to have people on the ground. And one of the big things about conferences is that people go there to learn and they go there to talk. So so people, it's not like if you uh, even if you know somebody's got a particular piece of expertise, you can you can ring them up and they might give you a bit of time. But um, but to actually have a, a really good conversation about a topic and what people are doing. Conferences provide that that uh, opportunity, and people go there with the expectation that they're going there to learn and share ideas, and so that's what they do. They're not worrying about the phone ringing because the uh, because the uh, foreman's uh, wondering what to do about his broken down truck or his uh, last. Um, Heading that, that that hasn't gone off as he as he wanted to. All of those distractions are all gone. Everyone's there to get involved and to talk to everyone, and you meet people and you meet people again and again and again as you go to more and more and more of the conferences.
0: Now, for people that are um, if they're still on the fence about whether to go or not, you you did elaborate to it before, but I guess what's your what's your pitch like? What can uh, I guess a, a, just a young professional in the mining industry get out of going to something like this? Whether it's a, this might be their first conference ever. It'll really open
2: your eyes as to what else is going on out there, particularly yeah. if you're in a smaller mine. The people you'll meet, uh, the experience—it'll really set up your career. If you're if you're not sure, uh, tell them this is the only thing you're going to go to for two years, and you won't regret it. Absolutely. If
1: you if you're thinking about about going going, if you're sitting on the fence, go. If you're thinking about not go, well, go as well. Um, it's 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 the not to be missed. Underground mining event. It comes around every two or three years, and, and it happens uh, at the end of March this year. It's no good uh, deciding in uh, October that you wish you'd gone. You'll be waiting for uh,
2: for the next one. If you Look, can, if you can get yourself there, you should you should be going. It's an absolute world class event. It's well organised. It is. It's probably the premier underground mining conference in the world.
0: Link in the notes, everyone. If you do want to buy tickets, I've got the link in there. It's at the AusIMM um, website, head to underground operators. As I said, if you want to still get the early bird discount, which uh, type in L-O-M in the discount code, as in life of mine, L-O-M, you'll still get the early bird discount, which isn't available anymore. Uh, Look, you'd be mad, you'd be mad not to use that and you'd be mad not to go at all. So look, guys, thanks very much for giving a bit of, I guess, history of the event. Um, I'm excited about going, after speaking to this, I'm sure everyone else that's listened will be very excited as well. I really appreciate your time. Chris and Pete, thank you very much. After eight conferences, I'm still excited. (laughs) Yeah, We're looking forward to it. I look forward to uh, sampling that uh, nice free beer with you on the evening events, guys. Uh, And uh, Pete, thanks for chiming in over Teams, mate. Really appreciate and uh, look look forward to seeing you in person in Brisbane. Yep, look forward to it, Matt. Good on you, thank you, lads. Okay, cheers, bye. Now, don't forget, everyone. As I said at the start, if you'd like a hundred dollar discount off your ticket, all the way up until the event, go to standard registration for the full ticket. Click register, and then when you select your ticket, it will come up with a promo code option. Type L O M, as in Life of Mine. L O M, the discount for a full conference ticket, hundred bucks off, absolute bargain. Look forward to seeing you there. If you are going, give us a shout out. Come say good day. Stay safe out there, everyone. Hooroo.